This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. We're coming up on a time of the year when it, uh, it takes a little of what we've got for our subject matter this morning. It takes just a little bit of patience to get through this time of year. Um, you know, it hasn't been that long, and so I'm going to ask you a do-you-remember question, but, um, you know, there will be some here that will be saying, I don't have a clue what you're talking about because it's been a little while since these things have happened. You know, when was the last time that you heard about somebody offering food for free if it wasn't in a certain time frame? Domino's came out with a deal. They said, uh, you know, if you, would, you don't have your pizza in 30 minutes, it's free. And that was quite a deal at the time. Nowadays, we may think that we need it a lot quicker than 30 minutes, but uh, I can remember sitting at Pizza Hut and, and waiting for a long time before your pizza ever got out there. What about uh, going into a restaurant and saying, okay, if, you're, if your food isn't ready in five minutes, in five minutes, what about uh, when Kodak first came out with one-hour photos? Nowadays, we don't even have to wait, you know, a second. We're going to be able to check and see did everyone, where everyone's eyes opened, you know. Uh, was everybody smiling? Was everybody behaving? Was everybody looking in the right direction? We can see it instantly. And I can remember when the first digital cameras came out and they could look at the picture on the back of the camera. But it wasn't that long ago that you had no idea until you got your photos back whether everybody had their eyes open, they were looking the right way, and were behaving. But then when Fox or Kodak came out with the one-hour photos, and I remember the Fox photo place, too. That was very fast, very rapid. Nowadays, you know, we've got the skip the line and build your order online. You know, it's, it's even faster and faster yet. I want it right now we've we've gotten to the point to where we've got to have it as fast as possible and if it if it's not ready when we're ready it's like we'll forget about it these innovations have only been some of the things that have come along as we witness time racing toward meeting our convenience racing toward meeting our convenience and that's the that is the uh the competition that businesses are in is how fast something can be accomplished, how fast something can get to you. A lot of people say that these changes have allowed people to spend more time doing the things that they love. But has it? Has it allowed us to do that? There's another theory that has, says that uh, these things have allowed us to become busier. And I believe that people are a lot busier than they used to be. It's very difficult to get together with somebody. When I was growing up, and of course, you know, maybe, maybe I was completely wrong. Like I used to think that we would spend a week at the lake and mom said we never spent more than three days. But um, as I recall, dad would get in and he would be 
bone weary from working all day. And he would tell mom, let's get everybody ready and we're going to go over to the Tysons or we're going to go over to David and Trudy's or we're going to go over to Jerry and Nita's. And we'd just all get in the truck and go and then arrive and knock on the door and everybody go in and enjoy the evening. And I don't recall a phone call being made. People would come over to our house unannounced, it seemed like to me. Maybe there were phone calls that went. But, you know, nowadays it's like, well, we better make sure they're going to be there. We better make sure that they're ready to receive visitors. We need to make sure that it's okay if we're going to go over there. The microwave attitude, has it caused us to become more impatient? Christy noticed this in me not too long ago. This is, this is a lesson. You're going to get a lesson that I need this morning, that I've got to have. So this is what I struggle with. But she's noticed impatience in me recently. It's not a good thing. Maybe you've noticed yourself becoming impatient, but usually we don't. Usually it's somebody else that notices it in us and, and maybe says something about it. Impatient when we're in a line at the grocery store. You ever get impatient about that? You ever look at somebody's, all their stuff in their basket and then they've got a whole handful of coupons and then you're just sitting there going. You ever get impatient in traffic? Well, we don't have a ton of traffic maybe out here, but you go to Amarillo some, you go to Oklahoma City some. Have you ever been impatient there with people that are in traffic? Now, and I don't know how it is out here in Texas, but if you ever go to the DMV or you're going to go to somewhere where you're going to get a driver's license made or something, you better get ready to wait. Don't get impatient there. You're going to burn time. We hear about tragic situations where people are fighting in the streets and killing other people. Now, this has happened fairly recently. Over who has the right of way. That's a little outlandish, we think. Maybe that's a little far flung, but it happens. People allow themselves to get out of control. We don't even have time to have a conversation. I better turn that off while I'm thinking about it, huh? We don't even have time to have a conversation on these expensive phones. Do you pick up the phone and call somebody? You need to get in touch with them? Well, you're just going to text them, right? I'll just text them. And have you ever texted somebody and said, they haven't answered my text? Why haven't they answered my text? I know it got through to them. It says delivered. Right? Okay, I'm guilty of that. But it gets even deeper than that. We don't even have time to type out a full word. We just shoot little acronyms on there, right? You know the acronyms that people use. Some of them are not proper. We've become abbreviation and acronym oriented. I ask people, well, what does this mean? And then they'll spell it all out. And I go, of course. 
I wonder if it's become a struggle for students to write in school because of their lack of vocabulary, their lack of spelling ability, even be able to spell words correctly. There's a guy I worked with at DEQ who couldn't even spell the words in emails correctly. He didn't know proper punctuation. He didn't use proper grammar at all. That's where we're getting to. It's just a flow of words, sometimes meaningless, sometimes we don't even pay attention to what this contraption thinks it's smarter than you are, so it's going to spell out the word for you. And sometimes it doesn't spell them right, does it? Maybe so. So I'm going to ask you this question. Is impatience a character flaw? Well, you know, he's just kind of an impatient kind of guy. Or is it a sin? Is it a character flaw or is it a sin? Well, I'm going to set forth to you this morning that it's, it's not just a sin, but it's a multiplying sin. Impatience doesn't show up by itself. Impatience is going to bring some other things with it. Anger. Selfishness. Hatred. Rage. Vanity. They're right there. All of these things are just right there at the surface, ready to enhance our character. Ready to, to pounce, if you will, on us and make us into a not very nice person. You know, there are other things that might wish that they could be a part of our life, but it's, they're too crowded out. There's not any room for love, for peace, for self-control, for kindness. What about joy, happiness? We don't have any room for that stuff. Not when we're being impatient. Not when people aren't just stepping it right here, right now. What does it take to make a family photo with lots of people in the picture? It takes a great deal of patience. A great deal of patience. It's very difficult to get everybody aimed the same direction, to get all, everybody smiling all at the same time. It's very difficult to do so. We need patience. Impatience opens the door for more sin. But did you know that the word impatience is not in the scriptures? We don't have a, a word in Greek or in Hebrew that's translated impatient or impatience. But impatience is the lack of patience. And I'll tell you what, I was surprised to find how often patience is mentioned in Scripture. It's extensive. It's there a lot. And it is required for somebody to live a godly life. It's required. I'm not going to be able to do an exhaustive study on this, but I recommend that you do some digging on your own at length. Dig up as much information as you can on the use of this word in Scripture. So first of all, let's look at some Greek words that are used in Scripture that are translated 
patience or words that are like patience. The first is hupomane or hupomone. It's translated 29 times as patience, once as enduring, once as patient continuance, and once as patient waiting. The, uh, the Strong's defines it as steadfastness, constancy, or endurance. The New Testament, it's a characteristic of a man that is not swerved from the deliberate purpose and loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. That's a lot to say. It means patiently, steadfastly, steadfast waiting for, a patient enduring or sustaining perseverance. The next word is macrothumeo, to be of long spirit, to not lose heart, to persevere patiently and bravely in enduring misfortunes and troubles, to be patient in bearing the offenses and injuries of others, to be mild and slow in avenging, to be long-suffering, slow to anger, slow to punish. Examples of how these words are used in Scripture, both of them are used in James. And we're going to turn there in James 1, in verses 3 and 4, James writes this, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Not lacking anything that you need. He's, so he's opening his letter. He's open, he opens his letter, the very first few verses, and he says, patience. Patience. You're going to need it. You know what he ends his letter with? Chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. He says it multiple times. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rains. You ever plant anything? You ever plant any seed? That takes patience. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge stands at the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Both of the words that we defined earlier are used in this passage. Both of those words. You know, the warning there I found to be very interesting. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. And then he states, grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge stands at the door. I thought we were talking about patience. We need to have patience with one another. 
we need to be aware that there may be times when we're going to need to extend some long-suffering to each other. We're going to need to be able to put up with something that is pretty difficult to deal with in the moment. But patience is called for. Patience is called for. That term there also, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing, not lacking anything. Patience is required for that. You want to be able to say, well, I don't, I don't have anything that I'm struggling with. It's not apparent anyway. That's a person who has some patience. You have the patience necessary to continue doing good works no matter what's coming your way. That gets pretty tough. That's going to get pretty tough. You try to be nice to people in situations where you're losing your patience. Try to be nice. It's not easy. You're going to have a difficult time of it without some patience. And when I say try to be nice, I'm talking about showing that kindness that we talked about earlier. Showing the love that we talked about earlier. Doing things for people despite what's going on with you, despite the difficulties that you are facing, the difficulties that you are having. Do you have the endurance necessary to do that? Do you have the patience that you need? Can you endure difficulties that you're going to face in bringing forth spiritual fruit? That can be difficult too, can it? The seed that's planted there, remember, that's what James said. The husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it. Because we plant that seed and we trust that we planted good seed, right? Well, what about in your spiritual life? Apply that in a spiritual sense. Are you there? Do you find yourself doing, saying things and you go, man, that, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I'm still struggling with that. I just feel like giving up. What good am I doing? Sometimes we need to keep sowing that seed. Remember what the seed is in the parable. What did Jesus say it was? It's the word. You've got to sow that seed in your heart. You've got to put the word into your heart. And then you're going to wait with long patience for it to germinate and for it to grow and for it to be bearing spiritual fruit in your life. You're going to have to have some patience. You may need to do some tilling. There may be some weeds. There may be some rocks that you need to get rid of. But boy, we like our weeds and we like our rocks. And we keep them around. It crowds out the word. It makes it more difficult for us to find time to put the word into our hearts and into our minds. But you know what James points out here? That we, you and I, have control over this process. 
We have control over this process. James wrote, let patience have her perfect work. Allow patience to mature us perfectly or completely. We need to see some maturity, don't we? When we practice patience, what else follows in the wings? That list, right? That list of those words that we looked at. Love and its virtues grow inside of us. And when love is inside, what comes out? Love. It just flows out. That's what Pat Manning said. He filled himself up with the Word of God and it just started flowing out. And that's the way it works. Fill yourself up with worldly things. Worldly things flow out. Fill yourself up with godly things. Godly things flow out. Fill yourself up with love and love flows out. Love will come out. Through patience, we become carriers, messengers of God's love to other people. Has anybody ever told you you're a true Christian? You ever heard that said about somebody else? Well, they're a true Christian. I guess we kind of understand what that means. You know, there, there are a lot of people out there that claim Christianity, and it doesn't show it doesn't come out. And when it comes out, it comes out in ways where you're eating a loss. Where you're putting up with a situation that is a very difficult situation to put up with. And people say, I'm glad it happened to you. Now this is a tough one. When you're showing the kind of patience you need to show. And, and they say, I'm glad it happened to you because they would, somebody else would have been cussing me. Somebody else would have been so angry. We might have even gone through a lawsuit because of this deal that happened. And you point out, well, I don't know what good those things would do. That's the world, okay? Threats, violence, angry words. Angry words are kind of small, aren't they? Some people say, you're getting violent in your, t in your speech. You're, I'm getting violent. No, angry words, I guess, can harm. They can hurt, but not like physical. Physical violence can follow, can it? Has anybody ever said that to you? I'm glad it happened to you because you're showing the kind of patience that I wish everybody had. We might arrive, we might arrive if we're showing the kind of patience where somebody says, you're so nice about this. I don't understand you. Can we get there? There was so much about patience, like I say, I can't do an exhaustive study. I've just hit on some things that came right out of James this morning, but we've got some other ones that we're going to hit on. Patience is required to bring forth fruit to God. It's required to live the Christian life. Did I skip one? 
I might have. You look up. No, I've just got another scripture here that I left out of my presentation. It's required to live the Christian life. In Hebrews 12 and verse 1, the writer there says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Patience is the endurance that we need, that we must have as Christians in order to live that life because it's a long run. It's not a short run. It's not a dash. It's a long run that we face. It's not the waiting so many times. Patience is not the waiting. Everybody's waiting. Some people are waiting with patience and some people are impatient. It's how we conduct ourselves while we wait. And what messages are we sending to others? Patience is a signal that we serve God. In 2 Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 4, But in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. And that's not the end of that verse, but or the end of the sentence. It goes on. But it's a signal that we serve God. It's required to bring forth fruit to maturity for God. In Luke 8 and verse 15, But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it. And bring forth fruit with patience. That's what I was talking about a while ago when you're sowing the seed and you're not seeing the results. Not seeing the results that we want to see in ourselves. That's when we're going to have to have patience. That's when we're going to have to bring ourselves along with patience. In Romans 2 and verse 7. Writes there, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. And I think I have skipped a page in here. You know, that's what I was talking about a while ago when I said, can you continue doing well even in the face of difficulties? Can you continue doing good works even in the face of not being appreciated, even in the face of, uh, you know, having that just discarded? That's difficult. Finally, in James Chapter 1 there, verses 3 and 4. Don't ever forget that. That's one of my favorite verses, and it became one of my favorite verses whenever Lainey had memorized it and she would say it. But let patience have perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. If you remember one verse from the sermon this morning, remember that one. There's the ones that I got to earlier. Finally, let's look at where patience comes from. And this is a tough one. Because patience only comes from these, these sources that I can find in Scripture. First of all, patience comes from tribulation. 
Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience. And patience, experience, and experience, hope. Now, I want you to think about that because that's how it works. I went through a pretty long phase of uh, relatively, uh, relatively sedentary lifestyle. Now, I did some work around the place. You know, I'd carry five-gallon buckets of feed or I'd do this or that. Sometimes I'd try to grab a hold of a calf or a, uh, an adult healthy goat that'll get your attention. But, you know, I didn't really do a lot of physical exercise. And then, after I had the stents put in last year, my doctor was talking to me about stuff, and I thought about how close I came to going ahead and, and checking out, you know. Because I'd had to lay down in the pasture a couple of times. And I thought, well, you know, they'll find me out here. And so, after a little while, I started thinking about, okay, I'm, I need to do something to kind of get some exercise and start moving some. And so I talked to the doctor about it, and he said, yes, that would be very good for you to do. You need to do some exercise, you know. Start, start light. If you've been sitting around a lot, don't think you're going to just bail off in there. And so I started doing some walking, and then I kind of sped that up a little bit, and then I started doing a little jogging. He said, now listen, you don't want to get out of hand on this deal because you can break some things loose in here, you know, and you start taking a hammer to the pipes and you break something loose, then you can have a heart attack that way too. So don't think that you're just 25 anymore. I said, okay, can, will you release me to, to have a trainer because the Chickasaw Nation provides these things? He said, yeah, I'll I'll give you a release so he did and so I go in there and the trainer he's like 24 or 5 and he is a physical monster he's just huge and he's going all right I'm so excited he said I've never worked with anybody from ground zero before that's old I'm going, well that, that makes me feel better and uh Anyway, then, I, we, we kind of talked about it. He said, yeah, we're not going to do anything. He said, I understand what the doctor's talking about there. Um, anyway, we get ready to start doing this, and he's, he's kind of got a deal designed. He said, I need to kind of know where you're at. And I said, all right. He said, uh, we're going to do leg workout today. I said, okay, good. So he handed me these two 10-pound kettlebells, and so I had them in both hands, and I thought, well, 10 pounds, you know, that's nothing. 10 pounds is light, right? I can do that. And he said, all right, now I want you to do a really slow squat. And, you know, he said, I'm going to help you keep perfect form, and that's what I want you to do. And so then we did that. And he said, I want you to do 12 of these. And so I did it really slow. He said, really slow, don't be trying to jump around and stuff. And so really slow, I would squat, and then I would stand back up. I did that 12 times. He said, all right, hand me the kettlebell. So I did, and then he said, all right, just sit down here for a minute. I was going, sit down? I don't need this. My legs are the strongest part of me, right? And he said, all right, we're going to do three sets. We're going to do three sets of 12 of these, and we did. And by the time we got done, he said, all right, we're going to walk, out on, walk it out on the track. 
I almost couldn't walk. And my legs kept kind of shooting out from under me, like I nearly fell twice. I couldn't even go down the stairs when it was time to leave. I had to ride the elevator down. I felt like an invalid, literally, like I couldn't even move. The next day, I almost couldn't get out of bed. Now, what is that? That's tribulation. My muscles had seen some severe tribulation. They weren't ready for that. As I was describing it to him later, he was saying, okay, I know, kinda, I know better where you're at now. And so then we do some lighter ones, some lesser workouts than that. We've done a couple since. And it gets my attention, but at least I can get up and walk the next day. But he said, we've got to know where to be so that your muscles will be worked and you can start developing those. See, we bail out into the world as Christians and we think, I can handle it. I can handle anything. And we can't because we haven't developed the spiritual muscle necessary to do it. Glory and tribulation, you know, glory and tribulation. Know that tribulation is going to increase your strength spiritually. And it's basically the only way to increase your strength spiritually, to increase your spiritual muscle so that you can lift. Otherwise, you are a spiritual weakling and you'll be a spiritual, You'll live a spiritually sedentary lifestyle where you're not really ever doing anything, where you never really have to do much spiritually. And then when it comes time, you're not ready and impatience is going to happen and you're going to pop off. It takes working out on a regular basis to handle these types of things. Experience. Experienced muscles are able to do the things that are required. Experienced spiritual muscle is able to propel you past these difficulties that you're going to experience, that you're going to have. Because you know, because you've got hope, that you've already seen that through to the end. You've already done that. You've already accomplished that. Maybe not quite to the point to where you're having to this time, but you've done it before and you came through. You may have some scars. You may have gotten hurt. You may have gotten your fingers closed up in the door, spiritually speaking. And none of those things is ever fun. None of those things is ever wonderful. And it's hard to glory in at the time. But when you come out on the other side and you go, God got me through that. God carried me through that. I can handle it. With God on my side, I can get through this. I can handle it. And we can then, with patience, endure the things that we find ourselves in. Because most, probably 99% of your life, you have no control over whatsoever what happens to you. You only have control over yourself to the extent that you've worked your spiritual muscle to do so. Patience. It comes from Scripture. 
In Romans 15 and verse 4 there, he writes, Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. The Scriptures tell the story of other people that have endured and it shows clearly how God helped them through these situations. And so you can expect the same kind of deliverance. That's God's promise. You can expect the same kind of deliverance. You may have to swing a hammer. You may have to do some work as part of your process, just like Noah. He had to work. He had to do things, didn't he? We may have to do some things as part of that, but know that God promises to take care of us. He promises to help. Patience comes from God. God himself is the God of patience, endurance. The God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Patience. Can you look back and you think of times in the scriptures where God said, I have had enough. There's multiple times, aren't there? And the result was disastrous for the people that he had had enough with. The results were disastrous. And then there were people who were there who had to endure the same things who saw the disaster occurring and pled with God on behalf of the people that were in destruction. What kind of people are they? They're the kind of people we want to be, right? That's the kind of people we want to be. Have I ever said, and I have recently, they deserve that. This person deserves what they're getting. I've said that recently. I haven't shown a lot of patience with people like that, have I? Maybe, maybe we need to be considerate of those things. What did Jesus say about your enemies? Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. What do you pray for people like that? And then some people have a nasty laugh and they say, well, I pray that they'll be taken out of the way, you know. Well, have you prayed for good for people in those situations? Have you prayed maybe that God would lead them in the direction that they need to go, that God would show them the right way to be and that the right thing would happen? And if the right thing is that you lose... Can you pray that prayer? That takes patience. That takes experience, knowing that God will do you good. That takes hope, knowing that God is going to bring you through, no matter what, to the other side. Patience comes from trying and testing. Remember this verse. If you don't remember any other verses from today's sermon, remember, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Other things that I found in my study, 
It's part of our strength as Christians. We've talked about that some. It's an example for others. People recognize this. People recognize it as a Christian attribute. And if you have it and you have it in depth, they say you're a true Christian when they see you enduring things that they would expect, cursing and swearing, foul treatment, foul language, you know, whatever it is, lawsuits to come out of these things and they don't see you behaving in those ways. Glory will be to God. That you're following Jesus Christ in your life. It's something to follow after. People want more of it. Even people that you know, may not have it in any capacity want more of it in their lives. It's a characteristic that Paul had. He talks about it at length. It's an attribute of a mature Christian. It's a Christian virtue that we can add to our lives. Like I said, we have control over that situation. It's an attribute that is praised by the Lord. Do you want to be praised by Jesus Christ? It's an attribute praised by the Lord in some of the seven churches of Asia in the Revelation. Read about those things. As I said, it's an attribute that all people recognize and it is required to receive the end of our hope, our eternal life, our eternal salvation in heaven. It's required. I hope that this sermon has been of some benefit to you. Like I say, you got a good dose this morning of what I need in my life. What I need to have more of myself. And if I didn't think it was highly necessary, I would not have made such a big deal out of it. But as I got to digging and realized how much it's in there and how much of it is required in our lives... I was amazed and I was ashamed for the times that I show a great degree of impatience in my life. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.